here with Shelton School Superintendent Wyeth Jesse. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Jeff. It's been a while since we caught up, so I uh, kind of can cover a whole bunch of different topics. Let's just kind of uh, throw it out there. What's been new in the district? How are the different schools going? And what's some updates you can share with the public? Yeah, uh, you know, we're just keep moving along on our strategic plan. We've you know, I talked a lot with you about literacy and college and career readiness. Those are big topics for us. Um, safe and welcoming environments been going on since I've been here. <laughs> so those are all those things. But, um, you know, like those, all, all areas are taking place. And I think in particular, a school I'd love to showcase, which we don't talk much about, is Choice. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, Choice has been here for a long time. Multiple generations have gone through that school. And... Uh, it serves a very, uh, I think, vital and unique role in this community. Um, as I like to say, it's kind of more of a family therapeutic setting where you, you come in and they wrap their arms around you uh, as a student and the families as well. And just how can we help you where you're at in your journey? And so that you ultimately can be ready for life, college and career ready. Those are you know really important things. Uh, unfortunately, sometimes... Some students in their journey need more support and more intensive supports. And so this year we um, had a full-time uh, mental health therapist there at the school in wow. addition to our already half-time uh, therapist that does uh, drug and alcohol. Um, and it's something we just knew we needed. We had a full-time counselor there. Their principal, um, Bern Bruni, is uh, really well-equipped to handle kids' social-emotional learning needs um so they can help support but this mental health therapist is a you know a true clinician can really support kids that just need more wraparound supports and how to just navigate life you know and all the things that high school can throw at you uh that's just a lot to handle for a lot of our students and so they've done a tremendous turnaround there this the staff have worked really hard uh ninth grade on track they they look like they're right there on their goal of getting um, a percentage of their students on track and making sure, you know, they get those six credits at the end of their freshman year, which is a huge deal for us, right? Yeah. You get, you you know, the the statistics and the research will bore it out. You, you got your six credits at the end of your uh, freshman year, you're way more likely to graduate on time. And that's ultimately what I do. So it's just a big kudos to them. We've actually... Uh, crazy we've um, gone back out there and we got 19 students that were not enrolled in school this last year this this current year yeah and so that's part of the program we do an open doors program we started there this year so we found 19 kids out in the community that you know were not in school and bring them in and you know I, I, there's some basic uh, statistics that tell you why a little bit around what they are you know experiencing homelessness or mm, right. having a kid um, uh, those are kind of some of the issues that face them. And most of them are working, Jeff. Most of those kids are working. They got a job. They're trying to get by. Hard to be in school, obviously, but this Open Doors after school program, we can be flexible and get them, help them get a degree, you know, their high school diploma so they can move on. Was that, was the school model of choice uh, new for you when you came into the Shelton School District? Uh, did they, or did they have something similar up in Seattle? Oh, yeah, there's there's definitely. These programs uh, exist in, in most you know, medium to obviously larger districts will always have these kind of things, you know, like Olympia's school district, for example, they got Avanti, you know, oh, yeah. and they got their things there. And they're just, a, it's just a smaller setting, you know, and some ways to customize it. You know, they, they call them ALE, 
alternative learning experiences where it's really a, a customized way of looking at it and working to so that the system flexes uh, to meet the needs of the students as opposed to the student have to flex to based on where the school is at, right? right? Like so traditional school, you know, like six periods, here's all your courses, select one, you know, and yeah. work in it. And, you know, obviously school choices, I mean, a student choice has something to do with it, but it's still a pretty traditional. It's got a lot of rigidity to it. These kind of schools like choice have a lot of flexibilities, so I'm very familiar with them. But one of the things that we've had to, to shift, especially with the opening of Cedar High School, was to um, get off of that six-period day, not having to be rigid around it. And that's what they were doing. And so getting off of that, not having to rely on it for some students who need that flexibility um, is really worked out for us. And some kids just don't do well being around in a big class. Yeah. And I, some adults don't either. Sure. Oh yeah. You know, and so anyway, that's, you know, it's not, it's not unique, but it is, um, in the sense of like having this alternative experience, it is unique in about how much variety, um, and they have had that variety of program there, uh, keep working it to best meet the needs of our students, um, here in Mason County. When it comes to the end of the school year, what can you say to the parents out there where, um, at the end of the at the end of the day, when all the numbers are calculated, uh, the credits are all there. Uh, if you go to Cedar, if you go to Choice, if you go to Shelton, it all works towards that graduation process. I love that question. That's another thing I've been working on. You know, um, getting here, I, we had three separate high schools. Uh, now we have three high schools that work together. Okay, and so we have kids from Cedar. Um, and choice who go up and take some classes at SHS uh, Shelton High School just because it's um, they can offer more too yeah. right like so you get something out of that right and so um, but you know some kids want to take some project based learning they get, yeah you can go to, to Cedar you know some kids that are maybe experiencing some not so much success or some bumps in the road hey let's let's send you down to Choice and get some more supports you know and have that flexibility and, and wrap around needs. Uh, whatever wherever the kids uh, the students coming from we can help match it and that's why i like how we can share the resources that we have and the uniqueness of those three high schools to do we can do, we can really support students no matter where they're at and where they want to go let's talk a little about safe and welcoming schools i saw that uh shelton was in was on cairo seven a couple weeks ago for sure. some things um now we don't have to get into that specifically but when it comes to incidents like that how does it work from your position down uh, in auditing the situation, in uh, doing the due diligence, the checks on stories and things like that? So it's really important for you know everyone to know that you know we do investigate everything. You know we need to find out what's going on, what's the root cause of some of the challenges that we have. Um, you know, is it a student level? You know, obviously there's a lot of incidents involving students. Uh, that we want to figure out that, you know, from the small things of like, hey, you know what, someone took my pencil uh, to vaping situations to obviously fighting, you know. And so really trying to find, figure that out uh, for two reasons. One is the student. What do they need? What, what do we have to do to wrap around them so they can learn ways to handling situations or a conflict um, in a healthy way? Uh, so we, we've got that. Um, in spades here, you know, we got a lot of personnel. We're doing some additional training this um, this fall around kind of a behavior modification. So I have staff more equipped to handle more challenging behaviors. You know, they just had a huge article uh, 
um, out there in the New York Times just on this issue. It's, it's just, you know, there's a lot more discipline, a lot more mental health issues to see things where uh, kids are more explosive saddens me. Um, but it's more about, okay, so then as a district, what are we going to do to better support them? And increasingly, um, public education is being relied on to, to address a lot of needs, yeah. physical health, mental health, basic food um, and supplies. You know, hey, this is what we do. Uh, uh, and so we got to match that, right? And so whatever those kind of troubling situations, they are a tip-off of something else needs to be addressed, both at the student level and then this other area, which is the program. You know, so are we set up to really... Get our kids really ready to go, you know? Do we need to do more training for our coaches? Do we know how to read red flags in situations? What should we do in those red flag situations, you know? And so should a student be, you know, situated and seated until you feel like they're cooled off, for example? Um, then there's other ones around, um, you know, uh, you know, looking at how we program things, how we're, how we're set up, uh, making sure that we do all the things, not only in a sense of prevention and training, but also oversight. Right. right. So who is supposed to oversee those things? Are you checking in? And when things don't look right, who are you corresponding with to obviously uh, be a thought partner or to check around what our ultimately our policies and procedures are? So those are always at play. There's a lot going on. You got, you know, 40, you know, 200 kids and, you know, 700 staff. And so there's a lot of things in motion and a lot of people are trying to do their best on a daily basis, but things will happen. And so, how is we as a district going to respond to it? Want to not only try to prevent those situations, but to ultimately heal in a good way, right? And so those are not my favorite moments, Jeff. Oh, yeah. Um, but they are um, what every district has to wrestle with. Um, some get more high profile than others. Uh, but, you know, that the, the thing is, as you mentioned, we're trying to be a safe and welcoming environment for our kids. And so if we don't learn from it, we're going to repeat the problems. Are those, does that include, you know, learning the coping skills uh, in the elementary levels for the children there? And then when it comes to staff training, is it role playing that happens or um, just reading or PowerPoints or how does that work? Well, uh, I haven't been in this field now for 25 years, Jeff. Yeah. It has to, it definitely has to be ongoing training. Yeah. Like those trainings, uh, have to be, you know, sometimes you're just reviewing the same material that you did 15 years ago. Um, but the, you know, there's always new wrinkles um, and each generation of students different. I bet your parenting style, Jeff, is different than what the parenting style is that you got as a kid. Yeah. And that's just because this generation, you know, you hear it, you know, and we can complain about some of those changes, but they're inevitable. It's inevitable. We're going to, we're going to adapt um, as human beings. And so districts are no different. You know, I, we've got to adapt, keep those trainings going. I love scenarios. I love, uh, role playing cause they really help the adults, um, here in the district really think about, you know, things they are wrestling with and try it on for size, get some feedback, keep working on it. Cause we're always trying to grow and be better. And so that's what I was trying to mention. Like we're going to have to do, we're doing some really intensive training. Like it's going to be a course for select staff to deal with students um, who have come across those kids that, again, are more um, more intensive behaviors. Uh, and some of those are internalizers, too. Sometimes you just don't even see it, Jeff. But those are sometimes the kids that, you know, are doing self-harm. And so we're doing deep training, get them ready, 
get it going and then we'll keep training again, right? You just got to keep cycling through it um, um, for them. Um, and then and the kids, you know, like where we start young, yeah, sure, it goes all the way through. So a lot of that has to, that's why we have a goal of safe work environment. Because if you come to a, um, a classroom, Jeff, and, and it seems calm and you know the routines in the classroom, you know your role every day as a student, you know when to get up, you know how to go get your books, you know, that are over in your cubby, you know when to come to circle time, you know what you have to do to sit crisscross applesauce, you're getting rewarded and recognized for it. It's feeling positive. You know your teacher cares for you. And ultimately that you've got really good learning going on. You can access it as a student. We get those things going on. So many other issues go to the sideline. When you don't have it going on, more issues come out. And then as when issues start small, they can grow and be a lot bigger issues than they ever should have been. I've been talking with our 35th District representatives, Dan Griffey, Travis Couture, and Senator McEwen, and they're kind of coming towards the budget time of legislature, and uh, the guys have been talking a lot about there's a surplus now in the, in the state, and they want to try to encourage the, the powers that be there in the ledge that, um, you know, we need to work on more funding for education, special education especially, uh, mentioning too that you know maybe not full not fully funding those special education uh, opportunities for people here uh, across the state really how much does that impact the district here well typically um, from you know federal uh, federal dollars federal and state dollars for special education is 40 percent Jeff 40 percent Wow so those 60 percent is born on you know your local, education association your local districts sure uh so there's a long way to go there and i i you know trying to be a realist as a former special education teacher and administrator i i know my my thing is sure you you can um help provide fund those things because it can help support the rest of your all the other students right because you're trying to move those dollars to truly help those kids with with disabilities um and so that you can use some of your other resources to support, right, um, other populations. Jeff, there's always going to be kids with needs, right? So, and those kids with disabilities, the, the outcomes don't look very good. But when we can, again, like I was trying to say, like you got a great environment that's inclusive and kids can come in and they're being part of that, those dollars help support that, that counselor, that additional um, mental health therapist, the additional uh, support that you can get for after-school activities and stuff like that. All those things really are important for kids with disabilities and not with disabilities, and then even getting kids who exit. You know, they may have disabilities that allow them to no longer require an IEP, and those are just things that are just not discussed. So you brought up money. I just simply, I look at it as one of those things where I say, yeah, I, we could use the more funding. Uh, inflation got us too. Sure. And so the basic funding of how how those dollars get separated and given to districts can be important, but ultimately um, making sure that you know those monies are used to to create effective outcomes for all students, um, and, and obviously in, including kids with disabilities, near and dear to, to my heart. Well, we passed the hundred day mark, so we're on the downward slide here. What are we looking forward to at the uh, end of this school year and moving into next year? Yeah, I love that question. You know, right right now, I'm just trying to uh, wrestle down on a lot of literacy, a lot of a lot of work around kids reading, and and I've been I've been in classrooms. I can't tell you how many kids are just loving reading and and doing work. I we're trying to work on getting them to to read books at a little bit 
more challenging for them or maybe on genres or topics that they're not always interested. So that's kind of our next step in that, that realm. And so that's a lot of on as educators, you know, just trying to figure out all those moves. Um, and then, you know, some, before you know it, summer school's coming up and trying to figure out the balance of those kids who need some more support over the summer plus some enrichment activities. You know, we're trying to really get kids that traditionally don't, maybe didn't think about college um, or a more rigorous trade school. Um, and so making sure that they get up on their reading and especially math, because um, that is it is a requirement um, to be successful in a lot of occupations. So um, just just working on those things, that's really kind of an I one last one, hiring. And so we're just trying to really get on. Right now we're heading into the recruitment season, so we're trying to hire the best and brightest as fast as we can. Because mm-hmm. um, um, do you mainly look in Washington, or is it is it kind of a like an indeed thing where it's open to the country. Yeah, well, things are open, but most most of our hires, Jeff, come from within state. Right. A lot of people who are coming here to the Shelton School District know about Shelton because they've been living here in Washington State. So okay. that's really where our, our almost all of our recruitment comes from. Yeah. Yeah. How many new new teachers would you say come in, or is it more lateral? Depends on the year. Uh, more more new teachers is generally who we hire. Uh, surprisingly, Jeff, uh, a lot of second career people, people who might have tried some things out. They might you don't have to necessarily think of them as way older in age, but there are a lot of people who are just you know have been trying something on for a handful of years, and they go, you know, I'm going to get my teaching certificate, and so then you know you get people late, late in their late twenties show up at the door and, and start to try to be a teacher. So I well, we welcome that, of course. That's great. Um, yeah, so you get all sorts of strides. But it, most of them are new teachers or not somebody who's transferred necessarily from another district. Good conversation today. Superintendent Wyeth Jesse from the Shelton School District. Thank you. Hey, thanks a lot, Jeff. Appreciate it. Anytime. Perfect.